Did y'all know that Ken Palm has ref rankings? Is Jamie Lucky and Ted Valentine at the very bottom? All right, so I so what I'm looking at there are the top 200 referees in college basketball. There's 200 referees. There's probably more than 200. These are the guess, top 200. Yeah, it makes sense because each conference. So if you think about it, each conference could have like what seven, eight games in a day. So each conference needs at least 25 refs. They probably have an extra like five or so. So each conference yeah. probably has 30 refs. There is like 30 conferences, is there not? There's 31. 31. Yeah. So Jamie Lucky, our friend Jamie Lucky is 27th. Debatable. Although to be fair, now that I think about it, there are refs who do multiple conference, like multiple conferences, like our friend Theodore does both the Big Ten and the ACC. And Theodore Valentine is 13th out of 200. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, by and large, he's a good ref. He just occasionally is garbage. back to players. Flair for the dramatic. Now, Roger Ayers, who has drawn my ire before, he's ranked number four. What about to the Mikey? chagrin of like the Kentucky Wildcats? I feel like Mike Eads is one of the other ones who we know. Let me see if I find. Was it was Ayers was the Kentucky ref, uh, or was it? Because uh, I don't think it was Eads. No, I think it was Ayers. I don't know. I Those are was. the four that I know. I'm searching for Mike Eads now. I don't see him. Maybe he's under Michael. Is uh. Is um, did you say the number one? Uh, number one this year is Keith Kimball. I'm not you sure if we get him in the ACC, at least very rarely. That I have never heard that name means he probably is a wonderful ref. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about Groover? Uh, Groover's pretty high up. Um, Keith Kimball ref the Clemson game and the Notre Dame game for us this year. How do you spell his last name? K I M B I A L L. K-I-M-B-L-E. Ron Groover is um, fifth overall. He just did Duke game. Wow. Last season, Keith Kimball worked 106 games. I know. You can tell how much the pandemic has affected because he's ref 64 this year. Yeah. Um, Last year, he did games in the Big Ten, Big 12, SWAC, American, Pac-12, Mountain West, Conference USA, ACC, SEC, and Big and Big East, and that's without counting conference play. Oh, oh wait, yeah. Speaking of the Duke game, though, pull out them brooms, North Carolina. <laughs> Come on, everybody people. happy. We all have happy faces. Everyone's all smiles. Put yeah. this in the chat this morning when you just waking up after a, a Duke win. Just hits different. It does. That game brings something out of me that I thought was dead. Like I feel like I'm a pretty like steady, like even keeled fan most of the time nowadays. But that game makes me live and die on every shot every <laughs> year. <laughs> and there was a lot to live off this time. I mean, again, another great shooting performance against Duke. I, I want to point out that. I am the sole reason that we won because I chose to stay away and not watch live. 
and just keep up through Twitter notifications. Like I pretty at one point I was like, has Duke gone to the zone yet? <laughs> there people were letting me know. Like, Thank you for your service. I watched the replay because uh, I recorded it. I watched the recording of it yesterday, and um, you know there were times where it kind of seemed like Duke was clawing back and they could have made a run, but it then it felt like they went on like little mini six point runs like every two minutes, but then they would just fall back apart. Right. And we, yeah. I don't even know if as much as we responded as they just sputtered. The, the fact that we, we play so well in the zone, like against, like, I feel like we pass really well when teams are in the zone and we rebound really well when they're in the zone. Like, Mark Williams was their only source of anything productive, which by the way, Colby shout outs to you for calling out Mark Williams being nervous about Mark Williams, like <laughs> a month and a half ago. I remember that conversation. He's going to be a problem. Uh, You're like a year or two from now. They've got this guy named Mark Williams off the bench that I think is going to be really a problem for us. Oh yeah. I did say that before, before the first yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now in fairness, this is the worst zone in the ACC. Also the worst scoring defense in the ACC. So not only are we good against the zone, but we're good against poorly executed zone. Right. Yeah, this is a zone out of desperation. This isn't a, like a scheme zone. This is um, we can't stay in front of anybody zone. Just please, dear God, make it stop zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's different than the normal Duke zone. The normal Duke zone is let's try and psych them out. This was nothing's working. Let's try and get something to work. So so I'm, I'm curious because like I obviously like I – like I obviously watched after the fact and I was keeping up with kind of some people's emotions during the game. But like when we went up, I think it was like 24 to four or like 24 to six or something like that. Like, what? like, I feel like we all thought the same thing where we were like, this can't, this can't continue. Like something's like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I was having flashbacks. So I think it was the 2012 game where we at Duke, where we got up on them like that in Cameron. And I remember it's like a, like a screenshot specifically of Kay's face. Um, So that made me think, Hey, maybe this is going to go really well, but it's one of those things that Mav talks about every time is it feels like Duke is always teetering on the edge of a run and always just Mm -hmm. makes it a little uneasy. Yeah. I agree. We were up 16 and a half and it was the most uncomfortable 16 point lead I've ever felt. That's saying something because we played well, and it's not. It's like I said, we played as good of a half as ever, and it still feels uncomfortable because Duke goes on those trademark runs, regardless of talent level. Uncomfortable. I think that being up sixteen, you should always be comfortable. But I would say uneasy is a better word to put it. To where a sixteen-point lead against Duke never feels secure, whereas a sixteen-point lead against any other team in the country, I'm feeling pretty good. And, and another thing that I didn't expect, so like what, when we played Duke the first time this year and um, they're, oh, I always forget his name. Um, homeboy who looks like a Billy Goat. Um, oh. Um, Zach White. Moe's from, from the office. Yeah. yeah. Matthew Hurt. Right? Matthew Hurt. There you go. Matthew Hurt. <laughs> so Matthew Hurt, I was like, well. Mouth he, breather. He's going to be the constant. Like he's going to get his buckets. First game nothing like almost completely irrelevant and i was like there's no way that holds again this game and yet again nothing <laughs> irrelevant though pretty much the whole game like i think he 
scored one bucket in the first half or something like that. Like that is insane. So I don't know what we do against Matt. Like, is it just a size thing where like our front court is literally just overpowering Matthew Hurt and he can't finesse his way around dudes that big and strong. Um, and Matthew Hurt's four games against Carolina, he's had 5.2 points and two and a half rebounds. Yeah, I game. saw that. I think it could also be like the anti-Luke May effect. To where, no, sorry, Luke, the anti-Luke May against State effect. Oh, okay. Um, to where Luke May against State, you know, he always had like the greatest game of his career every time we played State. Maybe it's like just the opposite effect with Matthew Hurt against Carolina. I mean, I also think that it puts pressure on him on the defensive end where he has to expend a lot of energy defending size, which, I mean, college basketball and like power five conferences, you see size, but you don't really see size like Carolina has sort of year in, year out, except for Mm -hmm. recently. I think that really (laughs) takes it out of him on defensive end and makes him press a little on offense. When your backup center is De'Ron Sharp, like you, you sub out Armando Baycott and in comes this like a hulking, you know, almost seven footer. And that's your backup. And then behind him is a seven footer who is slowly becoming quite frankly, really impressive. Like there are just little things that I was watching Walker Kessler do. And I'm just like, man, like that's stuff that like, if he's doing that now, and he's not fighting that later, like he's going to be really good when he gets that more of that playing time. Um, Remember, he was getting NBA buzz when he was coming out of high school. <laughs> I still think he I still think he will next year. Yeah, he was still a top 20 player coming into the league. Yeah. Once he got his feet under him, he's just like soared. And Duke was choosing between him and Mark Williams. And Mark Williams has, has turned out to, you know, be a good player. Yeah, but he, he kind of had a similar season to Walker Kessler where he's really came on at the end of the season. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it just every time Duke made a run, Carolina had an answer, whether it was Caleb, whether it was Kerwin. Or Garrison was- Durant. Garrison Durant, man. I could not <laughs> – I, what a senior I, night performance. My eyes like did not believe that he hit a step back three. Like part of me was like, okay, well, there's no way he actually hit that. And then I was like, well, his foot had to be on the line. There's no way that was a three. And it was, it was like, what in the world. And then that and one then, fader that he made too. Yeah. It's just, oh man, you love to see it. Um, It was but, nice to see. Cause it's like, he is like the, premier like he's the archetype of the four-year carolina guy right and like to have that sort of game as his last one in the dean dome finally getting fans and his um his senior game or i guess he got the game before but y'all know what i mean i think that's very memorable and i think carolina fans are going to remember this one for a long time and so, yeah big stir the lotto pick getting himself a dunk and a block to end the game that was not i'm so glad that he subbed that uh coach williams subbed him in that was it was both really exciting and really sad because it was obviously awesome to see him come back in and to get a block and to have an alley-oop but also you could tell he is not in any playing shape anymore which is sad because he was 
Yeah. Well, because he was good. Yeah. At mm-hmm. points. But that also tells me he gets back here next year. He might be a problem. He is huge. Yeah. You see how big he looks? I was going to say, I didn't realize he has some how broad big shoulders. He like, he made Garrison look like a small forward. So you've got, I mean, you know, Caleb will be back. RJ will be back. You know, Armando will be back. Kerwin will be Dayron. back. Huh? Kerwin will be back. Kerwin will be back. I'm assuming Dayron is gone, but Anthony Harris will be back. Walker Kessler will be back. You know, um, I'm really bad. I don't, I'm usually really good about recruiting classes, but I don't actually don't know about anything about our upcoming recruiting class. Um, But just the pieces that are coming back, like it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they do. And if Sterling is healthy, how he can contribute to that, that backcourt and and what he can do. And, you know, hopefully he's not a, like a, just like a throwing B huff out there just to like take up space. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he's more than just that, but you know, well, when he was uh, when he was playing back in the day, he was solid offensively. Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, he would. He was serviceable. I mean, he had some some iffy footwork sometimes, but he always had that power behind him, like mm-hmm. kind of like Aaron has. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll take sweeping Duke, and 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 anytime, anytime, and especially after last season. Yeah. No, there were points in this year where we were um, we were looking a little rough around the edges, and I think we can safely, fingers crossed, say that we have we'll, we'll be in the tournament field. Oh, we're we're a tournament team. Yeah, we, so uh, we're even, definitely in the field. Even if we lose, if, even if we lose that first game in the ACC tournament, you know, uh, I think we're safely in the field. Yeah, especially yeah. with a game like that. So, so I mean, um, props to Coach Williams on a on a on a really good turnaround from from that i mean it may like this is the kind of stuff if unless you're named kentucky or duke when you have a f- influx of one and duns you know you're gonna have a year like this yeah like you know we didn't expect kobe to be a one-year player you know we obviously had Col- well, like, like having turnover at the point guard position for like for three four years in a row that that that's a lot <laughs> you know that's that that'll that'll stunt a team's growth especially one that's so reliant on you know, good guard play, not necessarily scoring, but, you know, good sound guard play to, you know, feed the bigs in the post. Um, but I think Caleb will take a step forward. I, I really need RJ to take a step forward. Like I really do. I feel like he, he kind of regressed <laughs> this season. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know. I feel like he, he looked worse <laughs> at the end of the season, but y'all can check me if I'm wrong on that, but no. I mean, definitely still some improvement there. And I mean, perhaps that's to be expected. I mean, and it, it just means that I like being able to know that we're going to bring back several people. I know I like the fact that Kerwin's coming back, Walker's coming back, RJ is coming back. I feel pretty strongly that Caleb probably will consider coming back and virtually keeping everybody except for Dayron. And so I, because I mean, heck, if Dayron saves, if they kind of get an idea like, hey, I want to spend another year on this team. I think this team with another year under their belt can be a really great team uh, once they get be able to further develop and such. It kind of feels so long ago. I'm really excited to see Kerwin Walton develop because I think that he is going to be one of the most memorable Carolina basketball players of our lifetime. That crossover three, holy cow. He is a gamer. Dude, when the muffin man baked the baker. 
Stop. <laughs> he is what we've been missing the past couple of years. Like, like I, I feel so confident when that man shoots that it is going to go in the basket. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could get mad. He could have an off shooting night, and I don't think I would be mad because I, I'm starting to just be like, if he's, if his feet are set, he's and he's open, I have a pretty good feeling that it's going to go in. He just needs a little bit quicker release. I mean that, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> like I think he can dribble. I think he can do, be the occasional drive to the basket guy. Um, he has good touch around the rim. He has a good, a really good mid range shot. I feel like every time he pumped for to go into a mid range shot, like I was never mad at it because I felt like he more often than not was going to hit that shot. Like that's a shot that he practices and that he is confident in hitting. And more often than not, it goes in. You know, and then, you know, he's I feel like he's going to be that guy that by the time he's a senior, he has like he's going to be like the green light from anywhere guy. Like he's just going to start pulling up from Asheville on the on the on the on the uh, on the NZ. He's going to do the Cam Johnson. It's crazy to think about, but this is two regular season sweeps in the last three years. The 2019 season sounds so great. Wild. Sounds like forever ago, but the past three regular seasons have all been sweeps, one way or another. Which is yeah, wild to think about. Shouldn't have been a sweep last year. Now uh, another more kind of a sour grape stat, because um, Roy revealed it in his press conference. In his entire coaching career, he's only lost three senior night games. Guess who? Just one of those three happens to be <laughs> Miami. I'm not bitter. Couldn't be me. Bro, that left me shooketh. That game left me so freaking just. And we all knew it was going in. As soon as he let it go, it was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. We're just all scarred. We're all collectively (laughs) scarred. For sure. For sure. Shall we talk about the ACC tournament? Yes. Yes, so we are the sixth seed playing at nine o'clock on Wednesday. We're going to be playing the winner of Notre Dame and Wake Forest. I'll just say I'd rather see Wake Forest right now, but you got to play whoever's put it, put in front of you. I saw a Lauren Brownlow tweet something about how that Carolina better hope that Wake pulls off a miracle because nobody wants to play Notre Dame right now. Like, I get that they're trending upwards, but they're still the what seed, the like the they're the 11 seed, the 11 seed. Like, I mean, and they're coming on now is beating Florida State at home, which has proven to be not that hard of a thing to do. Correct. So, I don't know. We'll see. It should be somewhat of a home game for Carolina, I would imagine. Are there going to be fans at the ACC tournament? Yep. Yeah, then I would agree. Yep, there will be fans there. And so let's just say, because we aren't going to have another episode until after this is over, let's say we beat whoever we play on Wednesday, then Thursday at 9, we would have Virginia Tech, who I really want to get my hands on. Mm -hmm. I want to see how good they actually are. I feel like the only team in the ACC at this point, who I think we would go into the game and I would not expect to win at all is probably Virginia. 
and Virginia has to play state who have they have they have shown that they struggle against NC State for some reason. It's because Kevin Keats is a winner. That's that's the reason for sure. But yeah, I, I would not be surprised if Virginia is not the team that comes out of the top half of that bracket. I would love if we made it to the ACC championship and played NC State. <laughs> That would be incredible. For superstitious reasons, I want us to lose in the semifinal. But, I mean, like, if we beat a state in the ACC championship, I wouldn't complain. It would also be hilarious. I also yes. wouldn't mind another tra- another um, another hack at Georgia Tech, though. Anything else about the tournament itself? Um, I saw ESPN always does where the, like, four analysts pick all of the conference tournaments. And one of their analysts picked Duke to win the ACC tournament. And he did it, like, after the game yesterday. Another one of them picked us. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I I wouldn't pick us, but picking Duke? Come on now. That's some wild boy stuff. But I I will say we have a, a pretty favorable side of the ACC this year. Yeah. Yeah. Besides Virginia Tech, who I I just don't know what's going to happen there. And I mean, as we've seen, if we're hitting our shots, we're a good team. But we're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde basketball. Let's talk about some ACC honors. Do y'all have an ACC player of the year? I feel like it's very sort of like... It's, Can I just it's, stick with your original with Garrison Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little blurry. I mean, there isn't a single ACC player in the Wooden Award list this year. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the popular pick is Matthew Hurt, but I think he was the popular pick yeah, like two weeks ago. Right. Well, because he was on a tear. He was like going on a tear where he was scoring. Like, I mean, he scored like. 34 against Louisville in a loss or something like that. But I just don't like nobody else has really stood out to me, you know, like, is there somebody on like, I don't know. Nobody on Virginia seems like that, that ACC player that you're level. I'd say if it were Virginia, I'd say Jay Huff, Jay Huff yeah. or Sam Hauser. I've also seen Sam Hauser, but it seems like lately more people have said Jay Huff. I've also heard Moses Wright at Georgia Tech. Moses Wright. Um, Champagny at Pitt. Champagny. I've seen no. Champagny, but I've also seen like some ACC riders say, I would vote for Champagny if your team wasn't sub-500 in ACC play. That's awesome. That's, you know, but... It's kind of like the Luka Doncic in the NBA MVP conversation. For what it's worth, the Ken Palm um, ACC Player of the Year is um, Jay Huff. So it is Jay, okay. It's Jay Huff, then Moses Wright, Kevin Aluma, um, Sam Hauser, and Amir Sims. I feel like not that many people are higher on Kevin Aluma, but also Georgia Tech's played three games in the past month, so that's not exactly helping his case. It's it's tough, man. What about Coach of the Year then? Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner, maybe? I don't want him to get it, though. (laughs) I don't like Josh Pastner. I don't either. 
Um, I don't know. So, I mean, because the top, I mean, I wouldn't mind Tony Bennett getting again. I don't know. Leonard Hamilton is because, like, the top ACC teams are like what Virginia, uh, FSU. Who's the three seed again? Is it Virginia Tech? Yeah, three seeds Virginia Tech. And then Florida State, I think, is the four. Is the four. Who's the second seed? Uh, Florida State. No, then who's oh. the, sorry, who's the, uh, Georgia Tech is the four. Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yes, Georgia Tech's four. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like you either go – you either say, okay, Tony Bennett, or you say uh, Josh Pastner. I don't know if Leonard Hamilton will win it because of the, the road record. That's the thing. Is like the road record is Bad. makes you look suspect, even though I feel like he's done a good job, like a really good job this year. Yeah. Oh, that's just so hard. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's jo- I think it's Josh Pastner or Leonard Hamilton. Yeah, I would like Leonard Hamilton, but I just I can't I can't see the obviously I'm not in like any voting rooms or I don't know how they're gonna vote, but. I can't see them looking past the road record, but maybe I'm wrong. ACC Rookie of the Year, I have no clue. If I had to guess, I would say Scotty Barnes or Dayron. Yeah, Dayron's got to be up there. Uh, Scotty Miller, yeah. I don't – like nobody on Duke, nobody on – I don't know. I would I would think Dayron is is a is a has a good a chance as anybody at that one just because of the way that he's been able to contribute and rebound and pass my goodness he's a really good passer for some reason like, yeah probably the best passer on the team okay uh but i don't know and then defense player of the year i fear like i would do the thing where i like look up who has the most blocks in the acc and just pick that person um even though i have seen jose alvarado a couple times for defensive player of the year. I hope not him. I can't stand him. <laughs> we all have feelings about he disrespected JB. Exactly. I just want to know where you think you have the right. <laughs> you little punk. Huh. Manny Bates leads to ACC and blocks. That's interesting. Shall we talk about Blake Griffin to the Nets? Oh man, it's just Warriors <laughs> part two all over again. I'm sick and tired of this grandpa. (laughs) I mean, my God. Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin. DeAndre Jordan, too. DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris. Like, my – wow. Yeah. It's it's something. It's, you know, I don't think anybody in the East is going to give them – uh, I mean, I don't know. The 76ers are really good. I don't think the Bucks are going to do much. I just don't believe in the Bucks. Um, the Heat aren't exactly the same as they were. Uh, the Celtics aren't exactly a powerhouse right now. The only uh, the only thing I could see is if they run up against the if they run up against the uh, the 76ers, that might give them a good thing. But I think they're going to have a really clear, easy path to the finals at least up until the Eastern Conference Finals, unless something crazy happens. I don't know if the Sixers have enough bodies to defend everybody is the thing. But then again, neither do the Nets, because the Nets <laughs> do <defend> anything. 
So, I mean, you let Joel Embiid get in there a little bit. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It's just, you know, I think the, you know, in the West, I feel like the, the field is a lot more cluttered um, as far as like quality teams. Cause you've got the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Suns, um, you know, uh, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting eight other, I'm forgetting four other teams. Um, but they're good. <laughs> yeah. Like they're solid. Like there are some, there are some really, there's the trailblazers, you know, um, there's, I don't know. Will the Mavs make the playoffs, Maverick? I don't know. I mean, if we stay healthy, I mean, we went on a tear in our the final 10 games going into All-Star break So because we had all of our guys back. So if we can keep healthy. And we also had the the, uh, the hardest strength schedule in the first half of the season. And so now we're bottom half going into the second part. So if it's going to be on us if we lose – or it would be more of an indictment, I would say, than wins. And we better not, because we, don't, we would lose our first-round pick to the Knicks anyways. So we better not get into the lottery, because we then can't even use it. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I don't know. I don't think that Blake Griffin to the Nets is, like, that game-changing of a move. Don't get me wrong, he's good, but his stat line this year is not. He's averaging... 12.3 points and 5.2 rebounds on 36% shooting. I mean, he's certainly getting older. What is he, like 30? What, he's like 32, 33? 31. Yeah. Like, I think that we all Tyler remember almost dunked Blake, on him about like 12 or 13 years ago. I know we that. all remember Blake Griffin as what he was the first, like, five, six years of his career, or I guess the renaissance that he had two seasons ago. And I think he is a far cry from that. I think the Nets are, he's going to improve the Nets, but I do not think Blake Griffin is what will win them a championship. I don't think necessarily so. And it's the whole thing where I don't think they need him to be. It's just another person that I think can be serviceable when needed. Well, yeah, that's fair. All right. Anything else today? I feel like that's, I think that's all we have for our little show log. Nope. Now it's just on to All Star Weekend in the NCAA tournament. But yep, we can talk after Selection Sunday next week. I'm so excited. So you know, here's so really quickly for March Madness. Are they so like obviously you have to have multiple games running at once? So I'm assuming they're gonna have multiple courts. Running. Yeah, they have they have like four or five different sites that they're gonna be using. They're gonna okay. be using Lucas Oil. Um, which will probably have two games at once, I would think. Because um, you could have it set up like the Carrier Dome for basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have... I don't know, because you want like house. whistles going um, in the middle of a game. I mean, we all played in rec gyms where that <laughs> happened growing up. They can handle it. I, th- I think there's just a slightly... Uh, very else? Uh, Purdue, I think, is hosting. I think Indiana might be. I'm pretty sure uh, Banker's Life, that's where the Pacers play, right? I think that's hosting. They I think are. Butler might be as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a variety. There are, like, four or five different places. But, yeah, I think that the, the big boys can handle it. Have multiple – put three courts at, in at Lucas Oil. Have whistles blowing left and right. <laughs> we were all able to do it growing up. They should be, too. I'm, just, I'm mostly asked because I want that – that serotonin boost 
when I see that there are five games going on at once at like 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just want to, I just want to be on my phone during the school day. Just like, uh, you know, Marquette is playing, you know, Drake right now. <laughs> let, me, let me check this out. I do think that they shifted the days for the tournament this year so that it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, not Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Interesting. Which is helpful for me. 